Well, hey, friends, we're about to get this episode started. It's a good one, but I first wanted to let you know about something that I recently created. I know that what you want most from your spiritual life is a sense that God is near and that your experiences have meaning within His plan for your life. But sometimes we run into seasons when they just don't make sense, God doesn't make sense, and you wonder if He's even aware of how the hard circumstances are affecting you or your prayers are just kind of bouncing off the ceiling what you need in those times, the spiritually rocky stretches, is a plan for engaging God. Well, fortunately for us, the Bible is full of people who experience the exact same frustration with God and whose faith survived the experience. How? Well, that's why I wrote What to Do When You're Mad at God, which you can get as a free download by going to halfwaytherepodcast.com slash mad. Just go there right now. You can put in your email address, and then it shows up in your inbox, and it's completely free. Plus, I will send you the latest content and our new material that we're working on. I've got a bunch of things I can't wait to share with you. But if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. So go now to halfwaytherepodcast.com to get your free download and a plan to help you move through your anger and back into worship. And uh, let me know what you think. So again, halfwaytherepodcast.com slash mad. And hey, let's get this show started. Well, welcome everybody to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Derek Nevins. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, Today, my guest is a gentleman who I've had the privilege to hear him speak. Um, He has led and uh, mentored my children. He's our, uh, I don't know what your official title is, but... Middle, middle school, school director. There we go. Middle yeah, school director. That works. I was going to say junior high because that's what we called it when I was a kid. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just old now. Middle school, middle school director. <laughs> anyway, please welcome to the show, Billy Berglund. Billy, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you. Excited uh, to be here. I Sorry, I got I forgot the, the official title there. but that's No, okay. that's it's all good. Anyway, I'm glad that you are here. And I'm excited to get to know you a little bit because you're at an exciting time of life right now. And uh, I think that's... I know that there's some uncertainty with that, of course, as there always mm-hmm. is, but I'm interested to see what God's doing in your life and your heart um, as you're going through it. So, Billy, I, I gave just kind of that general introduction, but tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'm Billy. I grew up in Nebraska, and um, my wife, Hannah, and I, we moved out here about three years ago, um, by August of 2015, to start over at Denver Seminary. And when I did that, I got plugged in at South Fellowship Church, where I'm at now and um, working with the youth. And it's just been a been an awesome experience um, for me getting to, to learn and grow um, through a variety of opportunities and uh, primarily working with youth, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, my wife and I uh, grew up in a youth group in Omaha and uh, actually in the same youth group, which is kind of fun. Cool. And so, yeah, so then that's been a huge part of our journey. I think um, being encouraged and loved on by um, by adults just through their, their youth group and through mentoring and through uh, sports and different opportunities. And so now just getting a chance to, to kind of give back in that way. Um, it's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. So nearing the end of seminary now, um, 
on pace to graduate in December and, and we're just um, praying about what's next and what God might have for us. So. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. Man, I know how it feels because I've been there, but you tell me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it feels a bit, um, it's a little bit uncertain at times. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm someone who's kind of control. I want to know, I want to know exactly what's going to happen and what it's going to look like. Um, I think God's kind of got me in this season to really, um, we'll work on trusting him. I think through different parts of my story, he's, he's been working on that theme (laughs) and I think he's definitely in that now. Um, I'm so focused sometimes on, you know, what am I doing? Where am I going? And and I think he's really pressing on me. Like, who are you becoming? Um, and to sit Mm -hmm. in that a bit. And so I think that's, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd prefer to be in that spot. Um, but I think that's definitely where I think God's got me right now Um, and got us, I think, as we're, kind of in this, in this time of, you know, what's next. So, right. I, yeah, I had this feeling too, that that time of life that you, that you're in the season, mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, and your, your age and everything, that's kind of, that's kind of what happens. You have to kind of figure out who you are and, and yeah where you're going. So that totally makes sense. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Well, t- take us back to Omaha. You, you sure. uh, said you grew up in the youth group, but tell me, tell me uh, about your family. Yeah, so we were um, the youngest of of two older sisters, and have then ten cousins. We actually were kind of this, this awesome family. It was um, so my grandparents were really involved in the church. It was a really really big church in Omaha. Uh, I think it was about three thousand people, and there was um, so then my ten cousins live in Omaha, and so we all grew up at the church, always going to church, part of youth group. Um, and I was the youngest of 10 of them. So I was always kind of the, the one that was looking up to them, wishing I was one step further in my journey. They'd go off to college and I'd be jealous and they'd get married and I'd be jealous. And so kind of the youngest, kind of always, mm-hmm. um, you know, waiting for that next step. But it was great. I mean, we had some great memories um, growing up. We would um, vacation to some, in summers to Keystone, Colorado actually every, every year we'd always go to the same place. And so, um, yeah, it was really just a a unique time to have those cousins and be able to grow. My folks worked at the church, um, actually volunteered, but they worked with the sixth grade ministry. And so they, um, there's about 60, 50 to 60 sixth graders every year. And they ran that ministry for 20 some years. And so I was always at church, just growing up, going to church, doing that, um, around the faith, but Um, for me, I don't know if it was just a desire to be different or just my own immaturity or whatnot, but I was just loved sports. I just wanted to do sports. Um, and so I think for most of my journey, that's what was kind of my driving identity piece, um, was sports, um, Mm. wanting to play them, be involved with them. Well, tell us us how that took shape in your life. Yeah. So I was, uh, see. About seventh grade um, in Nebraska, everything's football. That's the that's the big oh, yeah. sport um, and everything. So it was about seventh grade, and that's when I started playing football. So I did basketball, football, and baseball. Um, seventh grade went well. Eighth grade went well, and started noticing a, a pain in my knee, um, and it was it was bothersome. I, I went to the doctor, and it wasn't going to be a major surgery, but they had to take out part of my kneecap. Um, which was crushing for me. I mean, eighth grade, that's your whole world. Um, 
So they did that surgery and that caused me to miss basketball season that year. And then they had to do another surgery to kind of clean it up. And that went pretty well, but that was a total of about five months. I was kind of on the shelf. And, uh, then that year I was playing baseball and, um, noticing some pain in my back and actually then had to go in. And so I had a stress fracture in my lower back. And, um, so it was about, that was going to be seven months with no physical activity, no, um, lifting, no running anything. So in all, it was about a year where I couldn't do any sports and, you know, looking back, it's probably not that big a deal, but for me at that time, it was, um, huge. I mean, I think, um, just devastating. I mean, those are my friends, those are my environment. And so when I got healed, the doctor said, um, you know, your growth plates kind of affected and, and you'll never play football or baseball again. That's you'll, you'll never have that opportunity Wow! because of those injuries. Um, he said that you could play basketball and, um, and so going into high school and, and college basketball was kind of, um, I think God was trying to teach me through that, you know, that your identity is not in sports. Um, but what that ended up happening, I think, is that I just poured all my energy into basketball. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what was a, a driving force for my identity. I think, um, fortunately, you know, I was still in the youth group. I mean, I knew the right things about faith um, and my relationship with Jesus Christ and knew that he died for my sins. And, and I knew the hope of the gospel. But, um, yeah, I think I just my priority, if I had a you know chart or whatever, would have been sports for sure. And then specifically it would have been basketball after that. So, yeah. So you grew up in the church. How did, mm -hmm. how did your faith start to become your own? Yeah. So I think, uh, one of the biggest things it's actually kind of a, you know, a driving force for me now was, was in the youth group. I had a, had a leader, um, a couple of really good leaders. Um, and I think what, what stands out to me about them, I, I honestly can't tell you a single thing that they taught me like a, a <laughs> teaching lesson or anything. Was that interesting? In is, yeah, like, that's okay. Can I just make this point? We spend a yeah. ton of time creating content yes. for people, and and you know, there's that Maya Angelou quote that people don't remember what you said; they remember how you made them feel. Yeah, right. And that's that sounds like it's true in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> there's lesson after lesson or whatever. Um, even now, as a middle school director, I remember that that they're they're probably not remembering all of the you know details of what we're teaching, they're going to pick up things here and there, but it's, it's the relationships. And, um, for me, that was the case. I mean, having, um, in middle school, I had a couple of really good friends and, and one specific leader who you just hung out with us regularly cared for us, um, walked with us. And I just remember that really standing out as, as important. Actually, he, uh, he actually performed my wedding, which was kind of fun, um, years later, and, um, and then into high school, um, playing basketball it was a specific time as my junior year. Um, and we had a volunteer assistant coach who during one of the games, I got poked in the eye or something and had to go over to the hospital. But he, I just remember him sitting with me, um, in that moment and just walking with me, talking with me. And then, and then after this whole injury thing, he, he asked if he could just keep meeting with me, just talk about life. and. Um, I really point to that as really, really important to me. It was through an avenue of sports, but it was um, a way that he just loved on me. He, you know, he'd take me out to, to lunch and we um, 
talk about all sorts of things, you know, as especially important for high school guys, you know, how to, how to treat women, how to, you know, what does it mean to actually like engage scripture? What does it mean to, to, to do this Christian life thing? Um, and he was fairly open about his own struggles and, and his things that he's grown through and um, was really big for me. Uh, his name was Scott just in, you know, walking with me through that. Um, and so I've ever remembered that I think a lot. And I think that's, I actually have the opportunity now to be um, a high school basketball coach as well. And I think that's one of those things that's really important to me is um, those relationships and, and being able to develop that um, over time. Yeah, that is so huge to have someone who comes along and just takes an interest in you. And, you know, there's a season there, especially in high school when, you know, your your parents want to do it, but they're not necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, the person that you're ready to listen to. Yeah, (laughs) It's good to have somebody else who's willing to to step into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Wow, okay. So you were... You're playing basketball and Mm -hmm. that became kind of a big part of your life, I I believe. Yeah. So then I, um, had an opportunity to play in college. I went to Wheaton college in Illinois, which, um, you know, talk about those 10 cousins that I think, I think eight or nine of them had gone to Wheaton. My parents had gone to Wheaton. They met their spouses there. My sisters went to Wheaton. They met their spouses there. So there was a little bit of pressure to go there. My dad played basketball at Wheaton, um, and it's an awesome place. And I, so I think I was growing up and I just said, I'm never going to go to Wheaton. I'm, you know, everybody else did it. I just want to be the rebel and not. Um, but actually, I, I took a visit there my junior year of high school and just really liked it. Um, they had an awesome science program, which is what I was pursuing. And um, had an opportunity to play basketball, sent some film in. And so, so yeah, I went off to Wheaton right before I went off to Wheaton um, uh, to play my a senior year of high school, I started to like this girl. Her name was Hannah, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the youth group. And so we actually dated the five months before I left for Wheaton. And then, you know, I was trying to be cool or whatever. And I, I said, you know, as I go off to college, I don't want to date anyone back in Nebraska. And so, so we broke up right before I went off to college and, um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of leading up to that. Um, and then getting to Wheaton was, it was a really interesting experience for me. I think it was very formational, um, but not in the way I would have expected. Uh, you know, great people, great friendships, um, getting to play on the basketball team was, was a great opportunity. Uh, there were some challenges, um, I think with certain things with the coach and certain things with, with just the setup was, was a challenge for me. I struggled a bit. Um, I struggled with, uh, um, specifically with some of the classes I was in science, a science major, just was really challenging for me, um, kind of a new level of, of difficulty. Um, and so I think in this time was really when I started to, to talk about like my functional image of God, um, mm. was just that he was disappointed in me. I think that's really something that, that shaped my journey. Um, you know, I knew the right things, right. I mean, I, I, I had mentioned, you know, I, I, believed in Jesus Christ and I, and I, you know, was praying to God. I understood what that meant, but there was so often I just felt like God was disappointed in me. I don't know if that was from my high school basketball coach or, or college, or I just felt like I never quite measured yeah. up. Um, That's interesting. Seeing, do you, yeah. Well, do you think that comes from like, I, so I, I don't know. It sounds like you had a great church, but did your church teach things like that? 
You know, I, I don't remember that specifically. Um, I think I, some of the pressure came from myself. I think, you know, a high achiever, my sisters were, were phenomenal gotcha. students and, and, uh, but they were always great. I mean, there, it wasn't that my parents were very encouraging and supportive. I just think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself being a high achiever, wanting type a kind of, yeah. I mentioned earlier, like that control piece. I just wanted to be, I don't know, in control. And, um, and so I put that, that, that immense pressure on myself and that's something I, you know, I still wrestle with. Yeah. I think I've grown in that, but, so um, were you yeah. projecting your feelings about yourself onto God? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I think I, I just, you know, feeling like whether it was, you know, performance was a big thing. So, you know, if it was, a, it was a test at school or if it was, you know, playing on the basketball court, if I didn't measure up to that level of what I expected that I feel like I should have been at, you know, then I just felt like I was a failure. I just, um, yeah. and it's really that identity piece. And that's why I'm so passionate about it now as I speak with youth or as a coach, but I think identity was like my performance. And if, so it was great on good days, right? If you know, you play well, or you, you ace a test or whatever. So your identity is awesome. And then on, on days when it's struggling and when it's difficult, um, yeah, you just feel like you've, you're, you've failed and, and there's kind of this roller coaster of emotions. And, um, yeah, I think that really defined a lot of my time early at Wheaton was just looking for acceptance, looking for, I don't know, just that feeling of perfection or, or, or achievement. Um, that was often elusive, I think at that time. So yeah, that was a challenge. I think I, I really struggled. I, um, yeah, I went through some, some challenges. I, I, uh, yeah. So I was in, a, I was in a relationship right, right away when I got to Wheaton. Um, and that was a real struggle for me. I think, um, just always trying to be somebody that I wasn't, um, awesome person just wasn't a good fit for me. And I just, I felt like that was my, again, part of my identity was just, I had to be in this relationship. I had to be part of this, um, I think when, when schools, when studies went, went South, um, I began to think like, I'm not going to make it into, I was going to be a physical therapist. I was like set on that and I'm stubborn. And so, you know, two years into the program and I'm, and I'm really struggling. So I thought, well, that's not going to work out. And, you know, I thought this basketball thing was going to be awesome. And I was riding the bench most of the time. And, um, so I think things that I had projected in my mind, whether that's achievement in a relationship or in school or in sports were kind of one by one, like going by the wayside. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know the truth, but I wasn't living in that. Um, yeah, you weren't, so, you weren't experiencing it. So you were feeling like, it. right. You know, God yeah. makes these promises and then here you are, the things that you put your identity in, whether it was relationships or, yep. or, Absolutely. you know, your ability to play sports, God was kind of stripping away. Yep. Absolutely. Kind of, kind of one by one. Um, and so in that time, actually, one of the summers in undergrad, I actually got a chance to work at Canicut camps. Um, there's, a, there's a series of camps in Missouri around Branson and Lampy, Missouri. And um, they're, they're kind of sport-based. They're not always sport-based. There's different, um, there's like seven different camps. And these were phenomenal. And so I went as a, as a um, what do you call it, counselor. And it was a great experience. Um, that was really one of the, the, the big moments I think for me in my college journey. Um, you know, it was, 
I was there and I was going to be like a basketball instructor and then a camp counselor. And, um, but being there was just amazing. There was a guy named NASA. He was a, he's a Christian rapper and he's like this big guy. He played college basketball. And, um, early in my time there, I, uh, sprained my ankle really bad just doing something so i was in a boot and on crutches and at this camp i was it was really challenging to do anything when you're on crutches and stuff yeah. and so i considered going home like two weeks into it just to go home and be able to rehab it well for for college basketball and whatnot but he uh at that time he i don't know god brought him into my life and he um he helped me memorize scripture which seemed like a small thing but he just give me this list of scripture and or list of verses, um, passages and, and just walked me through that. And I remember two specific, um, but John three thirty was, was kind of the main one. Um, he must become greater and I must become less. And I think as he kept saying that to me and as he, as we kept talking about that, he said to filter my kind of my thoughts and my questions by that verse, like, He's like, you could go home and you could, you could get your, your foot rehabbed and you could be all good and set for, for your own thing. But like, what's better for the kingdom? What's, what's better for, um, you know, your Im- impact on these kids. And I was so self-focused. I think, you know, I was terrified of my own basketball career and missing out of on like investing fully in these 10, 15 year old kids in my, my cabin. And, um, and so I just think that, that God really used that, um, that verse and that, and that relationship with NASA to, to encourage me to stay. And I said, I'd be on a boot for three months and I was out of the boot in three weeks. Um, and it was, it was a great, I was just being there, being with those students. And, and I think just at that time, it slowed me down a bit to really learn to like sit with people, um, sit with the students and just be fully present there. Um, they had a thing where there's no technology, um, you couldn't have a phone or anything. None of the campers, none of the leaders for six days of the week. So there's nothing. So you're just really in nature. You're kind of out there. And, um, I think learning to be present with God, learning to be present in his word and learning to just be with people. Um, kind of that idea that like that Scott had modeled for me earlier in high school. Um, just that was so important to me. Um, so that really stands out. I think that, at that time in my life, um, yeah, really what, began to help shift that. So. I was curious about what that did for you in terms of, um, you know, your, your enjoyment of, you know, kind of helping other kids. Like, sounds mm-hmm. like you, you developed that there a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I just think I, as, as weird as it sounds, I think I just began to take in some ways, like the arrows off of myself and, and put them on others. And I think that that's what I needed to have that mindset shift. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was only playing division three basketball. I wasn't going to go into the NBA or anything, but I, but I was very self-focused self, you know, my own performance, my own whatever. And I think that that, I don't know, through that injury, through that relationship just kept causing me to, to see the world through another's eyes. And I think it really helped me open me when you're in those cabins and you're, you're in those small groups with those boys. I mean, they, they, they share deep things and they're, and they're, talking about their lives and just being able to be with them and to remember, I think I just started to remember, um, you know, people who had done that for me and for what they had come alongside of me and and just loved me in those seasons and, um, pointed me back to truth and and loved me, walked with me. And so 
Yeah, I think that's really what that what that did for me. I don't know if I'd put that together before, but I, I think mm. that's really what that was. Just being present with people and just loving them and encouraging them. I mean, one of the, the campers um, fathers was a coach at Oklahoma State and his dad had died about a month before the kid came to camp. Oh, um, wow. And just deep, you know, heavy stuff. And just to just to walk with someone, right? Not to always have the right perfect answer, not to, you know, but just to sit with them and to love them and to, um, I think it was just a really, yeah, a powerful time for me. Um, I think with that too, it's probably a little later in my story, but I think just, you know, in ways I connect with God now, I think one of those specifically moving out to Colorado is just in nature, just getting unplugged, getting, mm-hmm. um, you know, even going for a walk, going for a hike, just being in nature, I think is huge for me because with the noise of always on the computer or the your cell phone and just the noise of life, I think that camp really taught me how to just get away and the importance of that. Um, I'm even reminded now of the need to do that more, I think, just to be in nature. And, and Laura Flanders over at the seminary has really helped me with that oh, yeah. mentoring process. Like, how do you connect with God? What, what, you know, what are ways and how do you create space and margin in your life to just to get alone with God and get into him? And I think, so I'm passionate about that. I think with, you know, getting better at, at turning off technology and, and just being, so I think that camp really helped me with that as well. Yeah. Hey, I just want to mention for our friends listening that if you, well, um, Laura, cause Laura Flanders was really influential in my life as well. She was my leader, um, mm-hmm. in when I was in school. And so she, I actually interviewed her for episode number 17, which is like two years ago. almost. <laughs> so you guys can go back in the archives and find that. And she actually recommended a, book called with by sky jatani that uh was huge but anyway you guys can check that out if it's a great book it's yeah. a oh man amazing book and i think <sighs> i think uh everybody needs to read it but anyway yeah. that's uh yeah check that out if you guys want to want to know more about laura so anyway th- i just yeah. uh, you mentioned her i wanted to want to say that yeah. So interesting, man. I think that's that's very cool that you, you know, you discovered as as you were, you know, growing up, and this is really normal, you know, as mm-hmm. as you're growing up, you kind of are focused on who do I want to be, who's God making mm-hmm. me to be, and you you discovered a little bit of who you are in mm-hmm. in helping uh the students there at the camp. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, well what happened next? Yeah. So, uh, well, a lot, but I think (laughs) one of the the things that's been a theme throughout my life, and I think, um, I think this is purely the work of God. I mean, I don't think there are just random coincidences. I think this is, this is God ordained. He, so he brought Scott into my life in high school, um, as a college freshman towards the end of, um, my freshman year, I had a a guy named John. He was one of the senior captains who was engaged. He was going to be moving off campus. You know, he was about to graduate. And he asked if he could just meet with me one-on-one that senior year, that spring of his his senior year, my freshman year. And just getting to to sit with him, and he just asked about my life, um, very similar to Scott in high school, and um, just was huge. And I think when when he left, then there was a couple – guys and one named Ben and one named John who worked at a local church in Wheaton, the Wheaton area who similar type thing. They, they actually were a college pastor and a high school pastor of the church I went to. 
And so just get to walk with them, just talk with them. They had, they had played basketball at Wheaton and they were now in ministry. And so as my, as I got a little bit older in the, in the journey, um, my stop, but my sophomore year was, was the hardest. I think I, I struggled a bit with depression. Um, I got to have some counseling, which I highly recommend. Um, I was so fearful of doing counseling. Um, and it was humbling, but I, but I think it really was important for me just to verbalize how I was doing and, and help have someone who's trained in that area to walk through that with me, um, was huge. And, um, had begun to still was in science classes. I, um, I gotten out of the relationship that I was in at Wheaton and, and that was a really good, good thing for me. I think good for both of us. Um, she was a great girl and, and I, um, we just were different and it was, it was healthy for us to, to transition out of that. And so that was healthy going through counseling, um, really started to develop some good guy friends at Wheaton. Um, and so that began to happen and, uh, junior year, then we were living in a, in a stairwell with 16 guys. These are my, my close friends. And it was, um, really life was really had turned a lot. It was, it was great, but I was still in science classes and I'd signed up to be in the human anatomy class, I guess the human cadaver lab, which oh, man. formaldehyde and you go down there. That, that does uh, not sound fun to me. I'm just, not a medical guy. Ugh. It was terrifying. So oh, this was kind of the thing. I was like, if you do this, like, you know, you're going to be a science major, you're going to do physical therapy and, so I went to that class and I just couldn't stand it. Like, I, I mean, I saw people around me just loving it and like, it was not for me. And so I was wrestling a lot because, um, I was meeting with those, with that John and Ben at that church and, um, kind of, I, I kind of always wanted to be in ministry. I, I felt like, um, I don't know. I, I think God had put that in me in high school. I always remember in high school, like kind of wanting to be in ministry, but I just felt like I was never going to public speak. I just said, God, I'll do. I literally oh, told wow. God, I said, God, I'll do anything in the world, but I'm not going to be a public speaker. Really? Um, yeah, this is what I told him as as a high schooler. And then into college, I reiterated that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, friends, so listening to this, I, I'm surprised by that because Billy is actually a really gifted speaker. And uh, some you. of his, I'll, I'll try to link some of his sermons here that, that he's preached at our church, but uh, he... That's, so that's amazing. It's funny how God uses those kinds of things, right? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So that was my that was my junior year, and I I could still told God that. So there's a class at Wheaton called Public Speaking 101, which is in every sense Public Speaking 101. It's like a two credit, like you take it as a freshman, and and I had put it off till my junior year because I said, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna be a speaker. Um, I was passionate about that. I was going to, I was going to do physical therapy because I loved like one-on-one helping people. And I had had a lot of physical therapy and, but I just didn't like the, the, the speaking part. But anyway, so I was in a, this public speaking one-on-one class as a junior with mostly freshmen or, and I was in there and there was a, a lady who was um, an adjunct professor or professor who barely spoke any English. Um, kind of interesting. <laughs> Please don't tell me she's speaking. doing the public, she's doing the public teaching class. She was a public what? speaking teacher. <laughs> so she had a really thick accent. I mean, she spoke English, but it was difficult. And so, you know, I was in this class and I, I don't know, I just had some fun with it. I, you know, cause I am the junior with freshmen and whatnot. And so, so I was going and I, I gave a speech, I think on like, um, eating healthy vegetables or something. And, and she just loved it. I, I don't know, like bless her heart. She just was, so she came up to me after the end of that class, it was just a quarter long class. And she said, 
She said, Billy, I don't know anything. I, I can't do her accent, but she said, Billy, I don't know anything about you. But she said, I think you need to be doing some sort of speaking in ministry. And I thought that was a very unusual comment wow. um, to get from, from someone like that. And at the time I was in this, you know, formaldehyde, uh, doing the, <laughs> the human cadaver and, you know, smelled bad all the time. Yeah. And I just was, I couldn't, I was just doing terrible. And I, and I, um, had this mentor over at the church, Ben and Josh or Ben and John, they were um, working with me. And so, so at that time, I actually, I, you know, I called my parents and, and we were praying about it. And I actually, at that time, I, so at the end of my first semester of junior year, I decided to switch majors, uh, <laughs> the worst time to switch majors. But I said, I'm just going to pursue this, um, going into ministry. I just, I don't know what that looked like. Um, I, so I just decided to, to switch into Bible, Bible and theology as a major and knew that was going to set me back a bit and, and didn't know what that looked like. Um, and I didn't know what job that would be, but I just said, I felt like God was just really pressing that into me that to say, give this a shot, you know, you never know. Um, and so I did. And so Ben was a high school pastor at, at that local church. He gave me an opportunity to volunteer with his high school students, um, in his youth group. And so, um, and part of their church's real mentality is like discipleship, mentoring. And so he let me disciple a couple of guys, um, real intently. He gave me an opportunity to speak, um, which was huge. I mean, I think it was, uh, just a, a real turning point for me. I, I loved it. My advisor and professor at Wheaton, her name was Lynn Kohick, uh, who ironically just accepted the provost and dean job here at denver seminary so oh, awesome i got to meet her a couple of weeks ago actually as she was back on campus first time in five years i got to see her but cool. kind of crazy how god did that but so yeah that's kind of how i began to to shift um into ministry i think and uh at the same time i was um beginning to to talk with hannah who we had dated in high school and so we had begun to talk again kind of long distance and um so through that journey, kind of towards the end of my junior year, we, she flew out to Chicago and, and we, um, we began talking again a little more seriously. And that summer we decided we began dating again. That was after my junior year. Um, so yeah, and kind of a crazy, a crazy twist. Then she went to crown college in Minnesota and she was a year younger than me. Okay. And Crown had a connection through my home church in Omaha for a um, a scholarship through the church, like to the school. And they have a really good pastoral leadership program. They have a great uh, Bible and theology program, which Wheaton does as well. But um, with the switch and my credits and everything, I was going to have to take an extra year to do five years of undergrad. And so it was a really difficult decision because I was you know, still playing ball at Wheaton and I had um, – I really – develop these deeper friendships over time at Wheaton. Um, and then felt like God was leading, uh, Hannah and I on and, um, me into ministry. And so I decided to, to difficultly, but it was, I think it was the right decision. I, I know it was the right decision to transfer, um, to crown then after my junior year, um, at Wheaton. Um, so that would have been the 2013, um, gotcha. to transfer on to crown. So, yeah. So um, that, yeah. So then you finish up there. Yeah. So in, I did, uh, 
So yeah, to two years there. And so after our first year, um, after my first year there, I finished basketball, was, was uh, really enjoying my classes and studies. And then we got married that summer. And then we did one more year at Crown. Um, so that was the, so I did two, two year, three years at Whedon and two years at Crown and, and finished up. Yeah, so. awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to have to hear the we broke up and then later started dating story from Hannah's perspective because <laughs> yes, you will. I'm I, I'm curious about that, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll find out. That we'll do that. <laughs> that was a journey. That yeah. was well. Her her dad was 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 good too. He has this tradition where you you meet with him for like an hour one day. You go oh, out wow. to this field and he asks all these questions. <laughs> Were there guns involved? There, he did as yeah, a joke. Okay. He kind of did a shotgun <laughs> kind of as a joke, but. So anyways, but, um, I think in that, I don't don't know if, um, this, this story is probably one of the, the, the biggest in my own life and, and, and Hannah's life, I think as well, um, is in that time. So this was, this was right after we had gotten married, we got married in August of 2014 and we went on this honeymoon. Um, we had an opportunity to go to Cancun, Mexico, uh, and yeah, it was great. And so we, we get down there and on day four, um, I got horribly sick and this is a, a long story, but the short story is I got horribly sick, um, had to go to the hospital, couldn't move in, in Cancun. Um, so we had just gotten married we had one kind of car, uh, credit card that we were using for purchases and everything. And Hannah got kind of flustered and she lost that card. And so we were in Mexico without any money. And, um, we had two cards, one of them wasn't activated. So we went, got taken to the hospital in, in Mexico and they began to treat me cause I was pretty sick. And then they had to withdraw the treatment because I, my body wasn't, or well, they didn't have, sorry, they didn't have the, the funds to, to pay for it at that time. And so it was like 2 AM. So my folks in Omaha couldn't, there was nothing we could do to like transfer, get anything done. And so they withdrew treatment. I went back to the hospital. Um, crazy. I had to come back to give them my passport, come back the next day, get all this treatment. It was pretty traumatizing. We were, you know, Dave just married. And so for the next three days, I basically just sat on the bed and ate saltine crackers and, and was really sick. Um, oh. so it was a, it was an experience for sure. Um, but coming back from it, uh, we thought the sickness had kind of left my body. We weren't really sure. Um, so it was really unusual. I, it did in a way, and in some ways something was wrong. Um, and so the majority of that first year of marriage, um, I was sick. I I didn't know how, um, some of my blood levels were off. Some of my health levels were, were extremely low, kind of dangerously low. And so I would go every few weeks to a doctor or something and, and, you know, they give me different things and, and it had some difficult, difficult side effects. I think certainly for us as, um, as a couple and we just, it just felt like it was a real challenge. And, um, I feel like that first year of marriage was really, um, I guess the language of the critical journey, that kind of that wall experience where Mm. I was just angry at God. I just, I just was mad. I just, you know, I thought, you know, we're going to get married. Everything's going to be perfect and, and everything. And it was just really hard. And, um, I was just bitter. I think I just was, it was, we were in Minnesota. And so it's, it was, you know, below zero, like most days. And <laughs> well, it just was, that's one of your problems. You were in Minnesota. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're in this little, little on-campus place. And, um, 
you know, I was finishing school, but it was, it was, you know, not the same friendships and stuff when you're married in your fifth year and your friends had kind of graduated and, and my basketball eligibility was up. So I didn't have that outlet. And, um, I don't know. I just, I just struggled and I was mad at God and I was, um, it was really hard on Hannah and I, I think we, we just journeyed through that together, but we were really hurting. Um, and so, you know, some good things happened in, in May. We graduated May of 2015. We both graduated undergrad and had a big celebration. And then two days later I went to, I got checked into Mayo clinic, um, which is up in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, so Hannah and I went and my dad went with us and, and it was just a humbling time. I mean, they, they did brain scans, they do all sorts of stuff, to try to figure out what's wrong with your body. And, um, so this was, this was one of the most, uh, I think vivid memories I have of really of my life. I think formationally, I, so we had scheduled this appointment for spring break and we, we couldn't keep it. We decided we would push it off, um, to April. And then in April came, we thought, we'll just get through graduation. So the third time I had made the appointment to Mayo clinic. So I went to finally got in there. And so it was Hannah and I, and, and this doctor who was the third different doctor we were supposed to see again. I don't think God does coincidence. I think this was for a reason. So we walk in and he says, you know, Hey, tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us what's going on. And, um, we began to share, um, you know, our journey and, and just going into ministry, going to be, you know, preparing to hopefully be a pastor. I don't know what that looks like. Um, and then we shared about some of our challenges this first year of marriage and my health struggles and, um, just felt so discouraged. It was something where I outwardly seemed okay, but in the inside was just something was wrong. Um, mm-hmm. and I knew it and doctors would just kind of say, Oh, you know, you're young, you'll, you'll be fine. No, there was no clear answer. So I, at the end of that conversation, I just looked at the doctor and I said, you know, I just feel like we've had the hardest start to a marriage, you know, that there could be. And, and he, I remember he looked right back at me. Uh, it turns out he was this, a committed Christian working at Mayo Clinic. And he looked at me and he said, I completely disagree. And he said, you guys have the hope of Jesus in you. And you guys are committing your lives to, to proclaim his name, to, to, um, to love people, to invest in people, to, to share Jesus with other people. And he said, what could be better than that? What, what could be a better foundation of a marriage? What could be a better... Um, you know, way to live. And I think that that just, it struck me again, um, similar to Kanakuk in a way that like my, my arrows had been so focused on myself, you know, my own illness, my own frustrations and, and, you know, some, some rightly so in some ways it was really frustrating. It was a challenge for Hannah and I, but in a lot of ways, I think my arrows had become so focused on myself. I had forgotten that peace and the hope that we have in Jesus. And he goes, do you trust that God can heal you? And I said, yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. And, uh, and he, he just, he really challenged me to, to trust God in a new way and to say, you might not get an answer to this. You might not get healed, but, but do you trust God in the midst of this? And, and do you say you trust God? You're going to, you know, studying Bible and theology, you're going to be a minister. Like, do you say you trust God, but do you actually trust God? Is that, what does it look like in your life? And, um, wow. I just think that doctor's, we actually ended up not really finding anything specifically, um, by God's grace. A lot of that has been healed. Um, I recently just had actually had a checkup and, and things are fairly normal again, which is phenomenal. Um, 
it was just so weird. But I think that God brought us through all of that to see that doctor at that place at that time and to, to have him speak into my life, you know, going into ministry and just to realize that, um, do I actually trust God? What does that look like? And do I realize that for each of us, whatever that is in our life, we have the opportunity to carry the hope of Jesus, whether you're sick, whether you're this perfectly healthy person, or whether you're in ministry or you're a business person, whatever it is that you have Jesus inside of you and you can reflect that to the world, to the world that's watching more than what you say, how you, how you're living and what you're reflecting. I think that was just a really powerful, powerful time for me. Oh yeah. That, what a powerful question. And it's interesting that that doctor, you know, maybe may or may not have done anything to heal your physical body, but he healed your perspective. He did. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Like he, he just changed the way you were thinking about it. And uh, dude, that's awesome. That, that What a yeah. powerful moment. I love that. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah. yeah, you guys eventually ended up coming out here to Denver. Yeah, so later that year. So that was May, and then we came out here in August. Okay. Um, and started, uh, which was crazy because we, we had felt like God was calling us to seminary, but we had no job. We had no money. We knew no one out here. Um we had, a, we had a little bit of money, but we just we weren't sure on how we would pay for rent and all that. Mm-hmm. And two weeks before coming out here, we we sensed Denver Seminary was where God was leading. But He provided a scholarship and He provided a job for Hannah, and um, we found a place to live, an apartment complex. And um, so we opened up some doors. And then I had I had sent an email to Pastor Ryan at South uh, in May or something when I was looking at seminaries, and he had lost the email, which was kind of funny. <laughs> And he found it like in August 1st or something and said, hey, if you're still interested, you know, we were hiring a, a youth resident at South. And so we moved into on August 7th of 2015, we moved to Colorado, which was a Saturday. Sunday, we got up and went to church at South with my family and Hannah and then family took off back to Omaha. We they had helped us moved in. And so then on that Monday, I met with Ryan and, and on Wednesday, I started at South, which was um, wow crazy at sending resume and background stuff before, but that was, it was quick and it was, uh, getting plugged in, but, um, it was such a huge blessing to be part of a local church and being able to get serving right away coming out here. But yeah, yeah. well, I, I absolutely, uh, appreciate not only your story, you've been so generous and open and you have some great stories. I appreciate that, Billy. I've yeah. I've enjoyed your ministry both certainly we mentioned already but when you've had the chance to speak you're articulate and um, and have some good insights and so I I love that don't stop doing that but also just uh, <laughs> you. get you know giving just investing in my kids you know and I know Elijah's appreciated you a lot and um, so I think the future is bright what do you think is next for you I know that you it's unclear but what where sure. do you think God's leading right now. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think um, I think along with that answer, might be a, little, uh, a longer answer, but I think so. Ryan preached on uh, Pastor Ryan at South Fellowship. He he preached on the prodigal son that story um, that was in the fall, and you know I had shared as part of my journey. I just felt like God was always disappointed in me. Um, that just was a prevailing mindset I had. You know, I knew God loved me. I knew this and that. Um, but anyways, I, I just felt like that story for some reason in that time in this past fall spoke to me so specifically about 
that God delights in me and that he, he runs to me. That image was just so clear um, in Luke 15 of um, the story of the prodigal son. And he, he runs to him and embraces him. And mm-hmm. it just really helped shape my, my functional view of God, like, which is so important. Um, I think Tozer said, what, what you, comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Yeah. I think that's so true in how, I think and process, you know, I'm recovering perfectionist, I think. And, and I think I'm on that journey, but that really spoke to my heart. And I think, um, has really changed the way I think I operate, you know, not perfectly. I think I have a long way to go in that. I, I, I still wrestle with uncertainty and, and doubt, but I think knowing that, that God delights in me, that he's got a plan and he's got a purpose and, and, um, he embraces me. I just think that image has been huge for me to understand that I'm living from God's approval. I'm not having to live for his approval, which goes back to that book, uh, with that you mentioned that uh, we we often live for God or we try to live under God or over him. And and instead of living with him and just doing life together. And so, you know, as I think about next steps, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think I have a passion to, to preach God's word. I have a passion to be very relational. Um, you know, I love coaching. I love youth ministry. I love being with students and and helping them on their journey, just loving them, pointing them to truth. And, and as people have done for me, just mentoring. I think the mentoring process is huge. You know, Ryan has been my mentor here at, at South these last three years. I had a mentor at Crown who was huge. And then those ones in college and high school. So I think mentoring is huge. I would love to, to be able to invest intentionally in other, in other men and, um, and so and have them invest in me, vice versa. So, you know, I think next steps would be definitely I love youth. So hopefully youth ministry, you know, I would love to to be able to um to be a pastor someday, perhaps. And and if we're open to God's leading, if that's you know, Omaha's where family is, but Denver's where we are now and where our kind of our heart is now. And so we're definitely open to to what God might have and and just um as I this is helpful for me even to go through this story yeah. to remember how God has been faithful. I think that's one of the biggest things is my short-term memory. I just think God's not, what's, what's he doing? He's, he's forgot about me. He's not. And then I have to remember how he's been faithful and how he's provided an, an opportunity to come out here to at different stages of my life. And so, Oh yeah. I, I think trusting that. Yeah. I think you can see God's hand in all over your life. And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. So Billy, if people Thank want you. to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. Yeah, they can. Uh, well, my email is Billy uh, with a Y. Uh, Billy at southfellowship.org is my email. Um, I'm on Facebook and um, Twitter. Um, you can contact me that way. Also, love to hear about people's stories. Love to walk with them. Love to journey with them. So very good. Well, yeah, Billy, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your story. God's doing big things, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you. I really appreciate. It. Thanks for the time. <laughs>